Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Adam. And this is Amir. And welcome back to the show. So today, this is going to be Season 16, Episode 8. And today, we are going to be taking a break from listening to something new. And we're going to go back 11 years. And we're going to listen to something from 2012. So, Amir, why don't you tell everyone what we're going to be listening to today? We're going to be listening to Minus the Machine... By 10 years it's an album that you swear by to this day it's like one of the best albums you've probably listened to you've probably ever listened to like 10 out of 10 me personally I haven't listened to the full album I've listened to some tracks but I want to see if it's as great as you claim it is yeah personally I think it is like we, I've listened to every single album from 10 years and I love every single one, but Minus the Machine is the one where it's one of those... This album is like what Era's 2021 self-titled is to me. Where it's like every song is just flawless and it just hits you in just the right way based on what you hear, the lyrics that you hear, the way they play the instruments, the tones that they use, the structure of their songs, everything just sounds amazing. So this is going to be part one. We'll break this up into uh, into six tracks each. There are there's 15 tracks technically, but we're only going to do the first 12 because the other two are acoustic and a bonus track. But for our sake today, we're just going to do the original 12 tracks. So we'll start off with track number one, which is Minus the Machine, the self-titled album. And as we go through the songs, let me know which ones you've heard and which ones you haven't heard. You said this album marked his 10 years in the band? Mark Jesse's 10th year in the band when he joined in 2002. This, This album came out like less than two months after I graduated high school so it was like perfect timing that we weren't playing it loud enough. <laughs> I literally didn't do that. That just like randomly happened. This was four years after The Division and it was two years after Feeding the Wolves. Thank you. 
good, isn't it? This is the title track, too. Yeah, it reminds me of a, of a Shinedown song when he does that, that kind of like almost shout in the chorus. Yeah. Where he's saying, Mind is Machine. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. My favorite track off that album is still got to be probably uh, Russian Roulette and Beautiful. Beautiful is a great track. Russian Roulette is such a great song, too. I think 10 Years might be the next band that I do my my uh, my dedication season to. And the only reason I'm doing it is because I'm hoping my timing is right. And right when I decide to do it, and you can do it with me if you want to. Is if I decide to do it, is when they're, they'll be announcing their new album. Because that's happened with every one of these that I've done. And that was the title track minus the machine. Great start to an album. So now we're going to move on to track number two. This one's called Battle Us. This is another good song. gonna pick up here in a sec. The riffs are like subtle, but if you listen closely, they're phenomenal. Yeah. literally like and he hasn't lost it no he hasn't like even till today like he still has it like me and Tony like pointed that out whenever we heard How to Live as Ghost for the first time that was 2017 so that was five years after this album and he still sounds exactly the same Like, if someone were to tell me to make, like, a list of vocalists that don't get enough credit in their field, Jesse is on that list. Absolutely, but dude is way too damn underrated. He's extremely underrated. The whole band as a whole needs more recognition. Everyone's like, oh yeah, I've heard Wasteland. 
Like, dude, what about their other track? Like, they're known for Wasteland, so, like, if you ask anybody who knows, who likes rock music, they'll probably just say Wasteland. I'm just like, while I agree with you on that, if you, they have so much more greatness right. in a lot of their other albums that, that are, that are not, that are, I wouldn't say better than Wasteland, but they're just as good as Wasteland, you know? Right. They, yeah, it's like they, they never gave them a shot after that. I'm proud to know that Wasteland is what they've known, what they're known for because they know that too. But there's a lot more to them than just Wasteland. Yeah. Like there's so much more, and that's another reason why I'm doing this album just to show you how talented they actually are, being away from that Wasteland era. All right, track number three. This one is going to be the most different from all the other tracks. All right. It's called Forever Fields Sewing Season. completely different but I think you might like it I can see what you mean just right off the bat seems a lot slower Probably get another one here, and uh, probably here in the next two or three tracks. Back in 2013, we went down, me and Tony went down to Austin with Joseph because he had to get some sort of certification and he just wanted a couple extra friends to tag along with him. So we went there, we stayed in a hotel for a couple hours. He did his shit, me and Tony played Dark Souls and shit on the Xbox. We left that night, that evening I should say, on the ride back. I, I had brought this album with me on the trip, but I didn't play it until we drove home. We listened to this whole album, the whole drive home, like all the tracks and all the bonus tracks and stuff, and they were blown away by how fucking great this album was. And 
And I have a copy of this album, but I think it's in one of these movie boxes somewhere. I'm saving it though, because if I can, uh... and you can't hear it, but right when that song ended, it literally leads straight into track number four, which is Backlash. This was the first single released from this album, whenever they started promoting it in 2012. fun little uh, piece of history so when this album came out well no when they started promoting it I was in driving school when Backlash came out so I would listen to the song repeatedly whenever it came out while I was like going to driving school every day and I would listen to it on my phone when I was waiting for my mom to come pick me up and just going to there going from home like it was around this time First single. That riff of It's all great. The guitar work just fucking blows me away in this track here. Okay, it's starting to speed up a little bit. But I'm still eating the hell out of those drills. Yeah. Ironically, the, the place that I would listen to this track the most was at that driving school, and it was at, it was when they had this the that Austin driving school right over here. Yeah, that's the place where I where I was. And you know that was when we were still living at the old house, so we lived further away.
damn. Still love that track all these years. Now let me just remind you, we're about to be, we're almost at the halfway point. Have you heard a dull track yet? No. None. <laughs> okay, so you know how you like Forever Fields, right? Well, right. that next one, you're going to get something pretty similar here with track number five, Riding on the Walls. It's probably Tony's favorite track on this on this album. It's in my top three on this album. played a little bit of a song for you in the past. Probably. That might have been where you where you might be remembering it from. It's been years since I've listened to this whole album though. But I still uphold it that high even till today. that he's one of the most underrated vocalists in rock music right now. And here's when things get interesting. The most emotional note line right there. I won't let you bury me You're not ready to bear that Yeah, I think this one's actually been my favorite track I've heard so far. 
beautifully written. Dude, when the drumming came in, that's what sold me. The lyrics, the, his tone, but when the drums came in, it just added something the song just barely needed. Fades. Man, what a track. So that track is in is my top two. Probably my this one is probably either my number this is probably my number three. It's either my it's either my first one or it's my third one. I can't put them all in order the right way like I want to. Because it's kind of hard to choose because it, it, it changes back and forth. But this is track number six. But it's in my top three, just know that. And it's called Dancing with the Dead. And I love the lyrics in the song. That's only the first part, of course. It's like it takes no effort for him. Listen to this opening line. Everyone's going, the story's told. It's time for you to fall. Dude, like, what kind of a fucking line is that? Eyes pitch black when the heart attacks. Mm-hmm. We're at the halfway point now. It's not breakdown territory, but it's close. Okay, I'll take a heavy rip. Mm. 
See, every band has probably got that one point in their career where everything just falls perfectly into place. Like with ERA making their subtitled. I think that's they had that same moment with this album where everything they had was just perfect timing at the perfect place at the perfect time. We're only at 25 minutes. I think we can probably make it through the last of the album. Cool. Screw it. Let's just keep going. We'll go to... This is track number seven now. It's called Sleeper. The fact that you can hear the bass in the opening <laughs> of the song. You know I'm a sucker for bass. Needs more appreciation. Well, I mean, yeah, bass does need a lot more appreciation. When you think back to, like, how everyone shitted on Metallica for removing bass and like some of their albums. <laughs> Is the album that we're not supposed to talk about one of them? Let's say the the mysterious. I won't say what it is, but we're talking about the 2003 infamous album. Well, no. <laughs> well, that album was just fucking trash. You know? <laughs> but I'm talking about Injustice for All. There's like no bass on that fucking album. album cover it's just like an old little uh old like little tape tape recording player
Yeah, man, they're fucking going crazy. we're going to move on to what was it track number seven this is a uh, track number eight and it's called soma i believe david was a fan of this song when the album came out another really good song great riff start off with i like that Production is just fucking flawless, dude. I know, man. Like, look into the transition between the chorus and then the drums coming in, back to the verse. Everything just flows so perfectly. Literally. Notice there hasn't been a bad chorus at all? No, there hasn't. That's one thing he's like very good at too, is writing a good chorus. He knows how to deliver too. He knows when to actually like stretch the note out a little longer, how to transition smoothly. Yeah. I mean there's a lot of good vocalists out there, but sometimes I hear music with good vocalists and I'm like, ah, they could have wrote that better. This yeah. this I don't think they could have done better. I'll tell you, man, when their career is over and they've released their last album, they've gone on their last tour and they're just gone, that's probably when everyone's finally going to go back and discover them and give them the recognition they deserve. And, and that's going to suck to think about because, you know, they deserve it now. They deserve it years ago. And I'm pissed off that we still have never gotten to see them play yet. It's like, how can a band be so known for one song? but not so known by an actual metal community. Yeah. Like, how do you guys skip over skip over this band? Like, it's nothing. 
Everyone like knows they, Caesar. Everyone knows Nickelback. Everyone knows, you know, bands like that. Three Eight Grey, Shine Down, and stuff like that. But no one talks about Ten Years. None. Even though it's virtually the same genre. And they've been, they've been around around the same time, when all these other bands were releasing albums, They're you know, early, throughout yeah. the 2000s and They're stuff. Early 2000s? They were right alongside them, but everyone was just kind of brushing them aside. Ten years was on the charts, dude. Wasteland was a phenomenal song. That's like the one song that everybody knows from them that they can just go, oh yeah, I know that song, I, I know them. It's like, yeah, but well, do you, you, you kind of know them, but you don't really know them, you know? Yeah, you haven't delved into what they had to offer. Yeah. Alright, track number nine. This one's called Tightrope. This is one of those tracks I haven't heard in forever. It's probably been 11 years since I've listened to this track. 10 or 11 years. why I'm glad that I at least know that they've been around all this time and that I'm appreciating them. Dude, I personally sent them a message online. Like, I sent them like just one long paragraph message explaining that I that I, I told them that, that they're appreciated, that they don't, they never get enough credit for the music that they make, and that they need to be much more well known like all these other bands that we listen to. And that I told them that I really appreciate all their music. It's all touched me in a really great way. And I told them to keep going. Never stop and keep going. And this, I think this was like right after, right before, right after Violent Allies came out. I hope they don't stop going, dude. They would never have to make heavy music again. They could just, they could just make ballads for all I fucking care, and I would probably love it. I would not complain about that. Like if I could get, like an entire like ballad album from Jesse, like it would probably be amazing.
We are getting to the 10th track in this album. And how do you feel? Dude, so far, this has been great. His vocals have been as good as they've ever been. The guitar riff, the drumming, it's super tight. Great production. I'm loving the lyrics on a lot of these tracks. Every chorus is fucking catchy. Perfect mixture of heavy and soft songs so far. Neither feel like they're overpowering each other. Occasionally we'll get a track where they combine them both. Yeah. Kind of like what Writing on the Walls did. Great, great album so far, man. All right, track number 10. This track right here has probably been, next to Wasteland, this is probably the heaviest, the heaviest song that they've ever made. And it's called Knives. And this is literally in my top three. Sins of a guilty man, another dirty hand playing God again. <laughs> See, stuff like that, man. Like, you don't pick up on that until you listen very closely. Melting sheep's never reach sound asleep. Fantasies dry and insomnia. Rattled and sedative silence. These sirens, I am uncomfortably numb. Why the dead don't fly Now venture into obscurity I have to feel like a I have to feel like a drum cam of a song off the top Have to look it up Here is, that base, here is where shit fucking gets great. Building up to it. Come on. Give me something good. Yes. This is what I want, man. 
he could be he could be a, a heavier vocalist he if he wanted to. Yeah. He's got the range. Yeah, that was perfect, dude. <laughs> that was awesome. It instantly switched to deathcore for like a split second. <laughs> More tracks like that. Wasn't that fucking cool though? Yeah, cool. It's like for that for that small little moment, like for the like 30 seconds, Jesse could have been the death vocalist. I've never heard him do vocals like that. That's awesome. I think that was the first time he ever did it. It was cool. Man. Alright, now we're on to the last two tracks. This one's this one's probably more of an interlude, I guess you could say. Yeah. This one's called Birth to Death. Which is kind of funny because the next album they released after this was called From Birth to Burial. Huh. Yeah, it is more of an interlude. This track could have been alluding to could have been alluding to the next album. Because originally From Birth to Burial was supposed to be their last album. Hmm. So I think I wonder if this track might have been like preluding to what was to come. Beautiful though. It's only like a minute long. See, I don't mind having one interlude track. It just kind of gives you a small break. Yeah. Kind of lets you relax, pumps you back up for the, you know the next track after the following. This will lead straight into the last track, and it's called uh, "And All the Other Colors." You see how it transitioned? Yeah. Last track. Dude, I'm gonna keep an eye out. If we have a chance to see them, we're gonna fucking go. Yeah, yeah. We have to. I mean, I'm pretty sure it'd be a good lineup because they're they're technically in like that rock genre. And dude, they toured with Shine Down, Three Days Grace, like all all we're those famous. bands from that time period. They famous. toured with all of them. Yeah, somebody like that. You know? Dude, imagine getting like a fucking show with Shine Down, Three Days Grace, and Ten Years. Yeah. Be a great show. That drumming though. Yeah, 
And that's one thing I like about 10 years, whenever they have songs like that, is like, the wordplay, for lack of a better, you know, way to phrase it, like, all the other colors, I love, love that rhyme, because, you know, most bands follow that typical, I'm gonna end the word with, a, you know, I'm end the sentence with one word, and then the next sentence I'm gonna follow it up with something that rhymes at the end of the sentence, Yeah. but with these guys, it's like back-to-back words rhyme. I'm so excited for, for for what else we're gonna get from them. Yeah, we, I, I know they released a single, what, like maybe a couple months back. It was like at the end of 2022. It was called The Optimist. And that good. one was pretty neat. It was a good track. But I want stuff like this. I love that transition that I just heard. You know, honestly, if they would have called their career quits right here, I would have been okay with that. That would have been, like, perfect. I mean, the autumn effect was a great album. Then you had this. This is phenomenal. Every track could be a hit. See the hands fucking flying everywhere. <laughs> Imagine this song on rock band. You'd be dead by the end of the song. <laughs> they don't have any ten years on rock band though. No, that made me mad. All right, that was the initial twelve tracks of Minus the Machine. Tell me your thoughts. Br- brutally honest. This was. Way above my expectation. Like I knew it was gonna be a good album. Cause ten years, they don't ever really disappoint. Never. But I wasn't expecting crazy ass drums, a lot of bass, which I really really like. 
great riffs, some slower songs too, which, you know, tugged at the heart, very emotional. I love it when bands do that. Top three tracks. Uh, dude, I gotta go Riding on the Walls. I think it's my favorite on there. Uh, Nice was a good fucking track, dude. Nice was such a good track. <laughs> it's probably one of their heaviest songs. Especially the scream. Man. You weren't expecting that, were no, you? No, that was amazing. <laughs> I was not expecting that. I think that's the first and only time he might have done that, was on that track. Because uh, as far as I know, I've never heard him do it again. Knives, number two. Number three, I probably got to go riding on the walls. Nice. Me, I'm going to have to go... Uh, they're not in any particular order, because I can never choose, because they always change back and forth, but... Riding on the walls, dancing with the dead, and knives. Love the whole album, though. The whole album is fucking flawless to me. Yeah, this album was really, really fucking good. But now do you understand, like, why I hold this album in such high regard? No, yeah, I get it now. Like, every track, it hits you in a different way. All the tracks are great. Jesse is a fucking so underrated. Like, it's, it's damn near criminal how underrated he is. And he should get so much more appreciation than he actually gets. This whole band deserves a whole more appreciation. They do. Everyone, like, I really felt like when they were, if they were recording this, everyone put everything they had into, the, into these initial 12 tracks. Especially with Knives. <laughs> I will say this, and all the other colors though, the drum, the, that was probably the track that had the best drumming. Hell yeah. Every dude. track was fucking amazing, but that last track had the best drumming. Because you could, the drums were going so goddamn fast, I could literally see invisible arms, like fucking flying everywhere. <laughs> hitting all those fucking notes. And then you brought up, like, imagine playing that on fucking Rock Band. I know, right? <laughs> I was like, dude, I would, I, I'd fail, like, within 10 seconds. But yeah, that was Minus the Machine. Always a 10 out of 10 album for me ever since I heard it, because I bought it this, like at the same time it came out. I listened to a lot of these singles. Well, they didn't really... Re- they, I think they only released like maybe two or three singles from this album when it came out. Backlash was one of them. Um, and I think... Battle Lust might have been another single... And after that, I think it might have been Dancing with the Dead. I'm not positive, though. Don't quote me on that. But they only released, like, two or three, I think. I don't think they released a whole bunch of them. I could be wrong, though. I don't fucking know. It's been, like, 11 years. But, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. This has, by far, been, like, one of the most one of my most favorite episodes to make because of this album. Yeah. Of how, I'm, how much I hold it in high regard, even to this day, 11 years later. I love it so much. And that's going to do it for us. So we want to thank you all for listening. We hope you all enjoyed, and we will see you all in Season 16, Episode 9.